Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello and welcome back to Brave New Teaching and welcome to another unit makeover. This unit makeover, friends, is going to be a little bit different from the ones that we have done before. This time we actually have a guest on, a guest teacher on. You know her as Educator Andrea on TikTok and Instagram, and we know her as Andrea Michelle, who is a phenomenal English language arts teacher right where I am from in San Diego, California. Amanda and I got to talk to Andrea for a very long time. We monopolized quite a bit of a day of hers. And we talked about all sorts of different things. We talked about her journey as a teacher, how she has found herself in this kind of crazy world of teacher social media and what she is planning to do with this phenomenal platform that she has built. I promise I'm kind of jumping ahead, but you'll hear us talk all about it in the interview. And then we get to do a really cool unit makeover. It has been one that has been greatly requested of us here at Brave New Teaching to talk about a unit that uses the text Night by Ellie Wiesel. And it's a text that I have taught with many times before that Amanda has done some pretty good curriculum work with actually quite recently. And this Holocaust memoir is such a powerful and incredible piece of literature, piece of history. And so we talk a lot about philosophy and teaching it, quote unquote, the right way and doing justice by this work. And we work through Andrea's really solid unit and we go through and throw a lot of ideas at her. This 
podcast episode actually comes in two parts. So buckle up, friends. There's quite a bit of information coming your way. But before we get into that, I do want to tell you a little bit about our fantastic guest today. So Andrea is a veteran educator with ELA experience across every high school grade level and in private, public, and Title I schools with a master's degree in English and in secondary education. Two master's degrees. Can you even? (laughs) She serves as a mentor teacher to new teachers and teacher candidates. She is currently pursuing her PhD in curriculum and instruction with a focus on the impact of stress on first-year teachers' relationships with students. It is her mission to create a community for teachers to feel supported and empowered to grow in their educational careers. She has built a successful, like incredibly successful, online community on TikTok and Instagram, like I said before, to bring humor and pragmatic approaches to teachers in the ELA classroom. I know I found her just because I was drawn to her by having her platform come across one of my feeds on one of those uh, platforms her profile came across. And the minute you see her, the minute you hear from Andrea, you're immediately like, oh, yep, there, right there. That's a like-minded English teacher. Um, So we know you're going to love her just as much as we do. Cannot wait for you to hear this and make sure you listen to the whole entire thing because we'll let you know what's coming next week as well. We will see you in the recording. Enjoy. You're listening to Brave New Teaching, and we are so much more than a podcast. We give teachers the inspiration, support, and tools to challenge the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a former English teacher from Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm a teacher from Southern California. Join us at bravenewteaching.com to find out more about our courses, festivals, and get every episode's show notes. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. Listeners, we are so excited to have Andrea Michelle with us today. Welcome to the podcast, Andrea, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Hi, Andrea. I'm so excited you're here. Okay. So friends, we have been talking a little bit before we started recording about just kind of a general overview of what we're going to talk about today. This is going to be a unit makeover, a little bit different than the unit makeovers you've heard from just me and Amanda in the past, because we have Andrea here. Andrea, who is like myself, still in the classroom and very much in the mindset of, okay, here's a unit I just taught and I'm going to have to teach again soon-ish. So let's see what we can do with it. We are going to be looking at a unit that uses the text Night by Elie Wiesel, the Holocaust memoir for anybody who's under a rock and is not familiar with that text. And so we're going to talk a little bit through what she's got existing, which you've heard Amanda and I do quite a few times. We've done unit makeovers, right, Amanda? We normally start that way. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to truly make over. This is going to be a two-part podcast, like we said in the intro, and we are really excited to get started. Well, Andrea, why don't you start by kind of giving everyone, first of all, a little bit about who you are, the crowd you're working with right now at school, your history, all that good stuff. What do we need to know about you and your classes before we hear about your unit? Okay, so I currently teach ninth and 10th grade English at a Title I school, very, very large school. I have about 40 kids in each class. So overall, I see about 200 kids a day, just like Marie. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I am in my ninth year teaching. I This was actually my first year 
reading and teaching night. Like I had heard of it. I knew about it, but I had never actually read it. So I read it like right before we worked on it with the kids. And in my student population, I have about 60% of the school is Latino. So I like to try and bring in texts that are representative of that. Um, Obviously, night is not. (laughs) That's going to be kind of our anchor text. But we try and bring in supplemental stuff that kind of has more applicability to these kids' lives or, or is a little bit more current for them to kind of make the connections. And yeah, so that that's kind of the gist of, of what we've been doing. Okay. Before we really dig in, because we've done a little bit of an intro, but like what has brought you to like social media? I, you've told us individually your, yeah. your background a little bit, but like <laughs> I think it would be helpful for our audience to kind of know how we even kind of came to be in this little trio where we're talking today. But what brought you to social media as a teacher? Because you're a teacher first. Some people are not. Like we're getting into the era of some people are on social media as they become a teacher. But we've been classroom teachers long before the socials. So give us your little story. (laughs) And I find it like so mortifying when someone introduces (laughs) me and is like, she's an influencer. I want to implode when it's people, bizarre, isn't it? It's yeah. The, so bizarre because that is like, I, I'm like, I am a teacher. Like, that's how I, I know. <laughs> identify myself. If someone's like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a teacher and a writer and a, and a mom and a wife and like all of these other things. And like, and so the fact that influencer is what increasingly I am being known as is a very strange thing. So in the fall of 2021, yes, 2021, I sat down and I created a five-year plan and (laughs) I was like, where do I want to be in five years? I had already started my PhD program in curriculum and instruction. And I knew that it was going to be really hard to kind of make myself stand out as for looking for jobs for that. Because eventually I want to try and help future teachers learn how to teach. Like that's my goal and to support new teachers. And so when I sat down to kind of figure all of that out, I kind of thought, you know what, I need to have maybe some some books or some publications and kind of backwards planning my life. I was like, well, what mm-hmm. do they need before I love it? Before they'll publish me, what do they want to see? Well, they want to see some sort of like following or online presence. So I started making videos that fall and then um, it's kind of grown from there. And now like I made a joke about not being a snitch, just a mandated reporter. Cause kids always call me a snitch. Cause I, and I tell them all the time, like, I'm going to snitch. Like, do not think that like, if you tell me that like you or someone else is in danger, I'm just going to sit with that information. Like I'm Be going like, to meet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I made that joke and then I had a bunch of people ask me to make a shirt for that. And so I did. And then it became kind of this little, like, and now I have like a teacher shirt store online and um, have grown kind of a community on TikTok and Instagram about what it is like for us in this crazy world of teaching. (laughs) Uh You guys can't see it, but I'm wearing one of Andrea's shirts today. If you're listening, you can't see it. If you're watching, you can, but it's so cute. We love your stuff. You have a huge store. Yeah. It, you know, what's so crazy too, is like, I don't consider myself like good at that stuff. like it's, <laughs> I think you're good at it. I like that. Well, I love the holiday ones like that. that I was getting really into the like the book tree situation. I was most proud of that because like I make all of my designs via Canva. 
and kind of make it work that way. Because like, if I were to sit down with like a, a pen and pencil and a piece of paper and try and draw it myself, like it's not happening, but I can use their templates and I can make something that kind of what that I would want to wear. Cause I always felt like a lot of teacher tees I'm like, I'm not interested in. So I always oh, try and find we're secondary. I like. I like, I have to say it cause we're secondary. There's so yeah. many that I'm just like, bye, bye. I would get, I would trash can myself if I could. Yeah, if I was exactly. some of that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and too, I think it's just a great example to set for your students that, you know, I think when you do or don't see yourself, like the skills that we have can be marketable. You can be an entrepreneur oh, yeah. not even realizing it sometimes. And I think, yeah. I don't know, I think it's just a great example to set for your students and just in general, this community loves a good accidental entrepreneur. So good for you. Right. It's true. It's you know, true. it's so funny too. the kid, like I did this holiday teacher roast thing. And one of the things one of the kids said is um, that I like, one of the questions was like, why are you crying at Christmas dinner? And the kid said, because no one will buy your merch. And I'm like, <laughs> the audacity, actually, it's paying Ouch. for grad school. Thank you very much. But <laughs> Kids are such little shits. <laughs> I know. They just, <laughs> they like, they are. Made a whole back. Yeah. Like they're initially impressed by the following on social media. And like, it just goes away so quickly where they're just oh, like, yes. you're just like a teacher I, though. And I'm like, no, I, yes, I agree. Like, that's the point. Yeah. Yes. That's I'm the goal. also a, a, an adult, like a real right. grown up with like yeah. other like, things. Yeah. I, I don't know what they were expecting. Like maybe I would like have a ring light at the front of the classroom and start performing <laughs> skits for them. But that is just I, not, that's not real life boys and girls. Oh, and it's also like blown their mind that you don't just plug into the front of the room when they leave. Like, you right. Plug, you know, it, oh yeah. God. It was so funny though, because I made a joke on one of one, I made some video about how I was going to do a movie day or I was going to do something like that. And I was for one of my classes um, because we had just finished reading of Mice and Men, but my 10th graders weren't going to get to watch it. So they came in waiting <laughs> for a movie day because they saw my TikTok. And I was like, no, that's not for you. They're like, you lied on TikTok. I was like, this is a great lesson. <laughs> Social media is a lie. Yeah. Just <laughs> like, so you know. It's all a lie. Like, And a lot of what I do is satire. But really honestly, it's probably a really good lesson for them to see as well that like what they're seeing online is yeah. not like 100% always the truth and rarely in fact is, you know, that's well, phenomenal. You know, Marie and I talk about this a lot. And I think this will kind of segue beautifully into like what the, the guts of this episode is going to be is, you know, yes. And it's also a place that I feel like teachers specifically, at least I guess it's because Marie and I are both in that world it's a really cool place of social connection for us. I know, you know, Marie and I found Andrea not, it did not take long to find a very like spirit animal type of personality out there. I mean, what we love about you is that you tell it like it is. I feel like that's very much the spirit we come from too, is social media kids aside is a refreshing place when people show up kind of poking fun at the stuff that's not cute and talking about yeah. the things that are annoying or dumb. And we just, we love your authenticity, even though we just talked about it being fake, you know, right. you know what yeah. I mean? That we, <laughs> yes. we, we know the spirit of what you're doing is genuine and, and yes. very based in reality. Yeah. Uh, and we just are so excited to have someone here on the podcast. It's totally different from who we've interviewed before, because when we talked about what we were going to do, I was like, are you sure? Like we have this really goofy set of girls here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about talk a Holocaust memoir. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
But we are so excited. Yeah. And that is the problem with doing something like night in the classroom, because like, even with my personal reading, like I don't like reading depressing stuff. I like reading (laughs) happy stuff. Well, yeah, I like to lean in, right? You want to lean into the energy and the light and the, and the humor. And it's very heavy, heavy. And and, Yeah. yeah, there's not a whole lot of places for humor when you're doing something that's about genocide. Right. So it is uncomfortable. <laughs> it's a big stretch, right? No, I, I totally get that. Um, it's, you know, it's one thing if I'm teaching Les Mis because they're mm-hmm. fictional characters yeah. um, versus something that is a memoir. Yes. Yeah. We should talk about that later. That's for, that's, I'm writing that down to circle back to that top okay. point. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, since we've kind of like broken the seal here, let's jump in actually yeah. to talking about your unit. Will you Give us your best elevator pitch to the current unit that you have using night. And then we're going to ask you some questions and exhaust you. Does that sound like? Sounds perfect. Okay, good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Fire away. (laughs) Okay. So it is a four week unit on, and our anchor text is night within it. We try and read and write every single day. So this past time, I read the entirety of night aloud to the kids. First 10 minutes of every day was reading. And then we would do six minutes where they would do some dialectical journaling with a prompt related mm-hmm. to the text. And then depending on the day, we might do a close read of a companion text or something like that. Our, I'm trying to find our essential oh. question. Yes. Quick question while you're looking. What is your um, school calendar and like how long are your class periods? We have 50 two-minute class periods and okay, we see so you're them on a semester yeah and we see them every day okay thank you okay you were looking for your eq so we when we do night for the writing portion we have them doing descriptive language and narrative so okay. we try and get them to write their own personal narratives and kind of a memoir style and like a short story type of style and we have that summative fairly close to the same time that we do the summative for night this past time for night we did a one pager mm-hmm. i think this is a really interesting thing to to put out there for our listeners too we've talked about it you know here and there but i love the idea of having two summatives and they're sectioned by skill so there's a writing skills summative and then there's a reading skills content okay. yeah summative. reading and analytical critical I love thinking that. I think that's so smart. I've been in a lot of scenarios where people try to meld the whole unit into one and it's just really not very reflective. If you're trying to do multiple things, you should feel free to write two different exams or have two different summatives. I think that that's really, really smart and gives the kids a fair chance at showing up with their skills in a more focused kind of way. I think that that's really smart. It differentiates within itself. Yeah, no, it's super smart. Listeners, we know that high quality professional development is hard to come by, especially PD that's affordable and teacher led. Marie and I have exactly that and want to make sure that you know about your opportunity to join and enlist in the teaching memoir and biography workshop. We've held it live before, but we've kept all of the training in one convenient place for you to access online. Visit our show notes today or www.curriculumrehab.com slash 
biography and memoir, and you will have access to an incredible five video training series where we break down in great depth all of the nuances, considerations, essential questions, lesson planning, unit outlining that you would need to plan your best memoir or biography unit ever. Come check it out and let us know what you think. We cannot wait to learn with you no matter when, no matter how in this asynchronous professional development. See you over there. Okay. So Andrea, in lieu of an essential question, why don't you talk us through just kind of like the theme or the topic, like the overarching, what you were exploring through this unit? Yeah. So our goal was to kind of create an understanding and an empathy of uh, what happened and and like it was kind of the vehicle for teaching kids how to write impactful and powerful memoirs and so we did like some six word memoirs at the beginning and then we did a hundred word memoir and we kind of just explored the writing style and did some close reads and stuff like that um, and used night as the vehicle for that but something that I really wasn't thrilled with was the lack of kind of, it felt like we just didn't have the guiding question that we normally have with our units that are far more developed. Cause this was our first time. Well, my first time teaching it. So yeah, that's definitely and I'm, one of the I'm going to go ahead and say, like speak for literally the entire teaching community and say, we've been there, right? Yeah. Like we've all been there multiple yep. times. Every, yep. every time you're teaching a new course and you like, we all know that. And that's where it's like, I appreciate that like we're veterans sitting here because I know that some of our listeners are new and they're going, wait a minute, what? That's <laughs> how I feel. Out. And like, yeah, no. And like no. the reality is, right? <laughs> yeah. Like when we all start this, like I pro- I can almost guarantee you, I had a conversation with my team at some point where we wrote down on a piece of paper somewhere, some kind of guiding question, essential question, something mm-hmm. we were headed towards. And that was the only time we talked about it and forgot about it until the summative. And then we're like, oh, we haven't talked about it this whole time. We can't totally. assess them on this. Well, because like, that post-it is somewhere underneath the stack of things exactly. under your like mat on your desk. No, exactly. That's I like, I was looking through some things last week and I was like, oh, that's where I put that. Yeah. <laughs> Like I've had that moment too. So listeners, we've all been there and we will continue to be there. Like when I teach something new again next year or whatever, it's going to happen again and again. Okay. So it sounds like you did quite a bit of like deep analysis work with close readings. It sounds like you pulled in some different supplemental texts and the dialectical journals had some good like reflective So what was really working with this unit? What really worked well where you saw a good return from students, either anecdotally, like in the moment or from their summit of you're like, oh, would you look at that? Right. So I think that I really liked the dialectical journaling element where I forced them to reflect on what we read every single day. Mm -hmm. And we also, one of the other goals that we had was to increase dialogue between the kids because our sweet little COVID babies Mm -hmm. can't speak to each other. 100%. So that was for sure one of the things where we're like, we want them to talk. And it, it, was, it was a challenge because this is such a heavy book. Um, right. And it's uncomfortable for these kids to talk about something this heavy. And so often what I notice is that they use humor to deflect from their discomfort, yes. which in this case especially is not appropriate. It's horrifying when you hear it's, kids making a joke about, yes, absolutely. Horrifying. And 
they're just uncomfortable and they don't. And so, you know, it's very difficult as the teacher to kind of guide them through that. And like what I had this year is I had a a few students who were Jewish and they would be really uncomfortable at certain points. And so kind of having the wisdom on how to guide those conversations, I feel like we did a good job with that, but it, it for sure was a challenge because we wanted to have discussions and we wanted to like honor everyone's voice and like, you know, my, my one student in particular who just kept on making jokes, he's Jewish. And so he kept making jokes. And for me as the teacher trying to be not stifle his voice, but also be like, we are now putting other kids in a situation about laughing about a joke about the Holocaust. And it's so uncomfortable. And yet these kind of things, like we've got to study this book. This is so important, you know? And it's very real in the moment. Like, what our kids are going through is what's coming out in their behavior, right? Yes, so exactly. it's that, yeah, it's it's that, okay, how do I, exactly what you said, honor everybody's voice and also make this a safe place, as safe as possible emotionally yeah. for all of these, again, sweet COVID babies who've yes. already got a few knocks against them in their high school success. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. That's and a you- big... Yeah. You asked what it was going well. And I'm like, let me tell you something else that didn't go well. (laughs) (laughs) And also another thing. Also, this was that. No, um, I do feel like we had some good conversations is where I was headed there. But when on on the way there, I thought about everything that didn't go well. Right. Well, you thought about everything that was rocky before you got to the good stuff, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So so that was difficult. I feel like they really did some really good writing um, and they were able to develop some great imagery with some of their writing and stuff like that. So I loved having the personal narrative portion kind okay. of paired with night. So I think, I think that part was strong. So I'm just kind of looking, we gave Andrea some questions that are kind of like guiding our little conversation right now. So I'm just looking at, we've talked about what works. We've talked about what wasn't working, right? Uh, if you were going to look at their writing skills, their conversation skills, cause that sounds like the two biggest things that you're talking about. I mean, obviously analytical and critical thinking skills are like baked in there, but those seem like the two biggest skill sets. Which one do you feel like had a more immediate need? I think the hardest thing was still conversation. Okay. Even um, not only because, you know, they're COVID babies, but just because of the difficulty of the topic and learning right. how to talk about things that are uncomfortable is a skill that a lot of these kids have not mastered. A lot of adults haven't mastered. I, right? Like me, like I haven't mastered. You know, like I'm up there, like really trying to make sure I'm being very intentional with my word usage and all of that kind of stuff. And it's it's hard. Yeah. And then you overthink it all and you're like, oh God, what did I say? Exactly. Okay. Amanda, you've been furiously writing and you look I know, I am rapidly taking notes. Um, Listeners kind of, I don't know if we we outlined this very clearly at the beginning of the, the, in the introduction, but this episode is the collection of all the things. I am taking so many notes for episode part two. I have... Um, my suggestion list is getting very, very long. I'm very excited to talk about the remake, the, oh, the the makeover. But I think one last thing I would love to know from you, Andrea, before we make our recommendations and kind of go through a makeover with you would be, is there some kind of dream scenario? Like some, and by that, I mean, was there a text you really wanted to include that you didn't get a chance to, or a project you really thought was cool, but didn't get a chance to include? Or is there something that you've always wanted to do with this unit, but it never actually made it in? Is there a, is there a dream scenario that we can work with? So 
kind of a two-parter. I, I listened to your guys' episode on, I don't remember how you phrased it, but like the intro activity things that are super fun and engaging activities. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would love to have something like that because right now what we have is a web quest where they learn about Ellie Wiesel and learn about the Holocaust and all of that. And it's, wah, it's fine. Wah. It's yeah, yeah. It's great for a sub day, honestly, <laughs> yeah. it's great for a day that I'm not going to be there, but it would be great to have something that's more interactive that they that- can move. And also like a, a summative that, you know, we, we did again, a one pager, womp, womp, like, so, like the one pager is fine, but it's difficult with the imagery element sure. because almost every single visual that you could possibly find in that book is incredibly it's brutal. brutal. Yeah. yeah. There was one that was like stick figures in a fire pit and like a little stick figure baby Yikes. being thrown into a fire pit. And the child yeah. did not mean any disrespect. I literally said, draw something that stands out to you. And the right. horrifying images stood out to them, but they don't have the artistic ability to be able to like grapple with something like that. And so it just seemed yeah. disrespectful, which it is, feels crass. Yes. Right. I've had and that and exact, that's never yes. the intent, you know? Well, no. And I've had that exact where I went, Oh, Oh, yeah, it's not good. It's that. And then, and then our kids are just drawing a bunch of swastikas. Yes. And it's like, yeah. Uh, how do I talk about the appropriateness of this versus right. the inappropriateness of it on their binder? Like, yeah, y- yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Cause it like multiple forms of like demonstrating their knowledge is always good. I always love to see their ability, totally. like, but swastikas everywhere. And I'm like, I can't, I'm not putting this. These are going to be filed in the circular file after yes. you turn these in. They're, they're never yes. going home with you. <laughs> Because if this was outside of this context, I would be calling an assistant principal or a counselor, right? Exactly. And, and yes. that and that right in there gives you the like the seed of the problematic nature of exactly why we're talking about this unit specifically. Yes. Because yes. no matter how comfortable you are in a classroom, if you haven't thought through pieces, um, there's a lot of damage that can be done, and that can exactly. be mitigated by by like these kinds of professional conversations. So, right, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to dig in to a couple of things. Me too. I feel like, so Amanda's already said, and we said before, this is going to be a two-part episode. I would actually, Amanda, before we start giving recommendations, I would like to get a little bit more. So we've talked about like the lofty dream idea. I I want to start talking through a vision board. Is that something that you would be prepared to do? Is that you, did I just take the thoughts out of your brain? Is that what you're already thinking? Well, no, I mean, I think I've got some of the pieces that I would have actually originally asked for a vision board. So listeners, if you've okay. never heard about the vision boarding process, we will link in the show notes for you. Marie and I actually got to sit down with Jennifer Gonzalez last year and talk about vision boarding and the whole process. And even if you don't have time to do an actual vision board, this conversation was a I feel like a very much an auditory vision board. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. I think we we went through this is the process of we have a group to talk through. If you don't have a group, a vision board is a great way to have a place to put all of these thoughts on yes. paper. Cause that's what I've created. I mean, my, my, my vision board is now a bunch of purple marks. Um, but in the vision board, we're looking at things like theme. I think we got that. Um, in the vision board, we're looking at things like assessment mood. We've definitely got a mood going on. Um, and I'm actually kind of seeing, and, and we'll talk about this in part two, 
but I'm seeing that there's actually some conflicting yes. things that are happening in this unit. Um, so I think that that might be something that we can wrestle with as we work through the makeover. And then of course the essential question needs to also be an anchor to that vision board. And we'll, we'll bring Andrea a couple of options in part two and kind of work through how different EQs can lend themselves to different versions of this unit. So I want to ask a question while we're in the vision boarding part of our conversation. The kiddo that's sitting in your classroom, when you exit this unit, what do you want them to have gotten out of it? It can be curricular. It can be skill-wise. It could just be what do you want them to have developed within themselves? But like, what was your knee-jerk answer to that question? Greater empathy. Empathy. Okay. What do you want them to take into their next period class? after like a conversation amanda liked that one listeners she gave me like it was a double eyebrow like oh (laughs) (sighs) so let's say you have one of those hard conversations right that you're talking Mm -hmm. about and it goes quote unquote well like it's productive (laughs) yeah right how do you want your kiddo to be able to continue their day they're going to math next what are they going to take with them Oh man, that's so hard. Cause you know, the, because this is so heavy, totally. um, it's, it's difficult to not just leave depressed. Right. I would say a greater conviction to speak mm. out against evil. Okay. I, I, that's wow. That's awesome. I think that just found your overarching theme. Yeah. Which is voice. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, man. I think Andrea might kill me in part two for some of the suggestions I have. So I'm so uh, Okay. So I want to keep going a little bit further here. So if this unit, and I mean, yes, night is your anchor. It's like the, it's the the middle of the trunk of the tree. Sure. But we're, we're, it's more about voice and it's more about empathy than anything else. What is the color palette? (laughs) I've honestly, my brain does not work in color palettes. I heard you guys talk about that before and I'm like, is it okay? Is it warm or cool? Let's go that that's, way. That's good. Like cool, cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is it, it is cool. like nice. jewel tones or is it muted and a little bit more like watercolory? Yeah. yeah, muted for sure. Okay. See, we're we're here. We're here. Are there harsh lines or is everything kind of like soft? Harsh lines. Okay, but like I feel like I'm just describing the cover, just so we're clear. <laughs> You are just like, I'm visualizing the cover of the book and I'm like, it's dark and there's harsh lines. See, and I'm seeing color blocking. So I feel like you're good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was okay. So I think that this exactly what I just said was, I feel like there's conflicting things and that's exactly what this is about. Right. I think it's how we have muted tones, but harsh lines. That's exactly what the Holocaust is. And this book, right, it's this horrific experience, but this beautiful testament to human life that Ellie Vissel captured in the memoir. So I think that leaning in to that very uncomfortable juxtaposition of experiences, right? Like this is this is the difficulty of this unit. Yeah. They coexist. Uh, It's just, it's, it's all there. Yeah. Yeah. It's the gray. Yes. It's living in the gray. I just want to ask quick too, before we get into part two, and and I think this is just something for listeners to think about and, and Andrea, you don't have to have an answer, but Marie and I, maybe we can kind of guide a quick little discussion here. Uh, My biggest question 
when we think about a unit design and especially around something like night, if night is the chosen text, that this is definitely going to be the vehicle. My question is always around what are kind of like the pros and cons of this particular text. And then also the considerations of does a Holocaust unit based on night benefit kids more or less than a genocide unit that looks at night as the vehicle, but also broadens the scope. Like what are the pitfalls, advantages, and like curricular considerations when it comes to that? So I'll just speak really quickly from my coaching experience and my own experience with this at school. Some of the pitfalls I've found with teaching night is that it becomes a Holocaust unit and a lot of, a lot more than what's necessary historically falls on the shoulders of the English teacher. It takes a lot of the context building. And then you all, the problem with that is not, that's not the problem. The problem is it never feels like enough. Like you've never actually given enough context. And so like that deepens it even more. And this, this very difficult conversation becomes an even longer unit. And so I feel like the, the pacing can be hard too short, too long when it's all night and all encompassing. However, broadening the scope, I would never want it to minimize the Holocaust, right? As its own evil entity. So I'm kind of just curious what you girls have experienced in that kind of conundrum as far as planning goes and thinking about the text, thinking about the unit and other things that, you know, quite frankly, kids know a lot about the Holocaust compared to other atrocities. So I always kind of think too, like, oh man, like some of my kids have learned so much about the Holocaust, or at least it's been, you know, prodded at them the most that they kind Mm of feel like they're already experts. I'm saying in very, very big air quotes um, that they kind of forget that anything else has ever happened. So I'm just going to put that out there as we kind of wrap up this episode, what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really interesting point, especially because my school just got like a massive amount of text from a new textbook provider. And with it came some novels. And one of the novels we got was Patron Saints of Nothing. I love that book obsessed just finished reading it um which also deals with genocide which also deals with speaking out against evil in a situation that's like current you know it's like a modern day thing that is currently going on that most of the kids have never heard of and you know we do have a few other books and texts and stuff as well that we could use on a genocide unit so i would i mean to what you are both saying I have this is this tracks the trajectory of my teaching of units using night. Generally speaking, this is in the 10th grade, right? Like that's how I've always used this unit at a 10th grade level. And 10th grade in our area is world history mm-hmm. in their social science classes. And they've already read in like sixth, seventh grade diary of Anne Frank. So yeah. to Amanda's point, like yes. Our students have learned a lot about World War II. They've learned a lot about the Holocaust. Not everything. They are not experts, but they do know a lot. And I like to, I've I've come to the point where I want to lean on that. I want to bring in that background knowledge and I want to lean on what they know and apply it to a broader sense of history and a broader sense of connection around the world. I want to take, not minimize what happened with the Holocaust specifically, but actually use that connection that our, our American students often have already with this moment in world history and use it as a connection point to say, 
this is not isolated. This is not alone. So let's talk about voice. Let's talk about empathy and let's talk about the endurance of the human spirit on a more general, like human existence kind of a level. So I don't think it minimizes at all if it's the point of recognition that then expands. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think it's just an important conversation to have with your team. And then we, we, I talk about it like ad nauseum here about this is why it's so important for schools to get on board with vertical articulation. I know there are so many teachers who wear the badge of I do my own thing and like, good for you. However, this is the kind of thing that can really make that difficult is if we're not having department wide conversations or even articulating with middle schools, it's really difficult to make good decisions good curricular decisions, knowing where students have been and where they're going and what our goals are. Um, And if you have a unit night or whatever, that's not going well, that might be part of the reason it might be overdone, or it might be something that you're not giving enough to because they've Mm -hmm. never seen it before. Um, So I think that's, I just want to put that out there for listeners to think about as they're approaching night, like night, especially this, ha- you have to have had this conversation either in your own head or with some other people is what is the real big picture of this experience outside of your class? Well, yeah. and it, I mean, it goes to like 11th grade is always American lit in U.S. history. What am I reteaching that they're getting knocked over the head with when I could just be leaning on somebody else's work, <laughs> giving right. students something else to think about that actually deepens their understanding and deepens their connection with the material? It, it goes it goes with everything. I mean, it's very much like taking what we have, which is everything learning and po- like teaching and learning in pockets and creating more of a one room schoolhouse I don't know, feel or application. I've lost my sentence, but you're both nodding. So it makes sense. Or you're no, it makes really sense. Nice it totally to does. Yes. But yes. And that's why, again, these conversations that we're having right now, where it's like, Andrea, tell us about your unit. Okay. Here's where I connect with that. Here's where I've had this experience. Here's where I've seen this. It just benefits all of us. And and again, this is, you know, pull the curtain back why we thought this would be a really good conversation for the podcast, because these are the conversations people want to be having, are having, but are not pushing maybe to the extent where they actually need it to make it benefit them and their students, or it's just going off the rails. And so here's a good example of how to like navigate the hard stuff. Yeah. Okay. Also, Andrea's vulnerability. She came on a podcast yes. wholly, wholly unprepared for what we were going to just do right now. Like, but what um, are the colors of your mood? Yeah. So like, but what <laughs> color is the Holocaust? Yeah. If she can do that, you can go to a team meeting with a good open attitude and like, yes. I know, and I'm speaking from experience. I used to think any conversation about teaching was something critical about me. Um, it's, not, <laughs> it's just broadening the what if kinds of questions. What if this? And I, you know, like that was the first time maybe that Andrea, like I clicked like, oh, well, what if we did night for two weeks? And then there were choice readings that came after that to deepen their knowledge. And, you know, th- there's not right. There's not wrong. There's just what if. So yeah, we will save some of those for part two. Yes. So friends, because we are getting a little bit lengthy in this podcast episode, I think we're going to have to wrap part one up. But before we do so, Andrea, will you tell everybody just where they can find you? Because they're going to have to wait a whole week to listen to part two, where we keep going into like deep dive into rehabbing and like making over this unit. Where can they connect with you in the meantime, if they're not already following you? 
So I am on TikTok and Instagram. It's educator Andrea on TikTok. And then on Instagram, it's still educator Andrea, but there's a little underscore between educator and Andrea because somebody else stole my name. Uh, (laughs) The nerd. If you're listening, abandon ship now. (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, you can find me on either of those platforms or on my website, which is educatorandrea.com. And that's where they can find the link to your web store, right? To get yes. all the cool Yeah, it's merch. all on yep, all on my website. And that's also how people can contact me for speaking engagements and all that good stuff too. Yes. We will have her linked in our show notes, but because many of us are listening while doing the dishes or driving, I wanted to make sure that you mention your uh, handles so they can connect with you as soon as we wrap this up. Awesome. I'm really excited to dig into part two. So listeners, make sure that you are here. You are with us. You are subscribed and share this episode with everybody that you know, especially those who are like the rest of us and have that mind where you want to be talking about this stuff. Maybe you don't quite know how to open the conversation. Here's a great way to do so. Or maybe you're just really like really vibing here and uh, you want to join the party, make sure that you are following along and share this episode. And uh, we have to get recording part two. So we're going to let you listeners go. And we are really excited to see you next week with part two. Andrea, don't go anywhere. Okay. We're going to be right back with you. Okay. Listeners, we will see you next time. Thanks again for listening to Brave New Teaching. We'd love to keep the conversation going over on Instagram. And while you're there, check out the links in our bio for the most up-to-date events going on in the Brave New Teaching community. Thanks for being here and have a great week at school.